Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network. The Best Ever You Show is here to help you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. With this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. And now, here is your host, Elizabeth. Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to the Best Ever You Show. I'm so glad you're with us today. Whether you're listening live or on the free replays or sharing the show or like I like to do, I, I go on the treadmill and I replay other people's shows. I, I seldom replay my own show, I will admit, but I do listen to everybody else's shows. It's kind of funny. And I love our show, but I, I can hear it as I'm doing it. So that's funny. Um, thank you. And, boy, a lot of people are out of school already. I know today is our last day of school here. And so it's so wild how time flies. I know so many people are posting on Facebook and everything. I now have, personally, I have a freshman in high school, a senior in high school, a sophomore in college, and a junior in college. I just can't believe it. We moved here to Maine when they were little baby pipsqueaks, you know, like uh, two, four, six, and eight. And they're all grown up, and they're all, I was commenting to somebody earlier, if you look outside in my driveway, there's like six cars and like this endless loop of cars running through with all their friends and everything. So school's out, happy summer, and boy, um, uh, it's feeling like heaven. And I I say that because we've got uh, Dr. Joanne White with us, who is the author of this really cool book we're going to talk about called More Heaven. And um, we're going to just bring her on. I, I titled the show More Heaven. Um, and I'm, I'm so curious to talk with her about the book and how she came up with the idea and just all about the books. You know I me, mean? I love books. Um, we have this website out there called Best Ever You Books. And we're starting to um, really help authors um, find their promotion wings and legs and uh, and get their book out there the right way and with the right review underneath the book and all that's going on with the book and the radio shows and just all the important things that help people find your book in this crazy big world of all of these books out there, whether they're independently published or traditionally published or they're e-books. There's a lot of information out there and really sifting through what's worthy of your I don't even know how many hours or days to read books. Um, uh, people are getting picky with that. So it's really important to think about that, um, especially as you're writing the book. People are going to read this and spend the time and take the time to read what you have to say and listen to what you have to say. And so we hope that website really starts to help people. It's a brand-new baby website. And I went to one of my dear friends <laughs> to start me out and to start her out. So we kick off on this just awesome, positive book. Because um, I love Dr. Joanne White, and she knows that from the second I met her, I just absolutely adore her and everything that she does. So, welcome, Dr. Joanne White, and thanks for listening to all that. <laughs> I think I finally Thank got you so on. much. And you know I adore you too. And thanks so much for the opportunity. We are kindred spirits in so many ways. Oh my gosh, you know, and I, I love that when I think you know what I mean when you know you say I've got an idea for something, whether it's a book or a painting or a whatever, and somebody just sticks by you through your vision, your vision. Right. Do you have people like that all around you? I have special people like that, and it's and it's wonderful for that to happen and vice versa, to be able to help people with their vision and help them move forward. That always makes me feel wonderful. So, yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, well, anyway, thank you for being here because you're one of my favorites. And let me just tell you a little bit about Dr. Joanne White. She's an international award-winning and best-selling author and speaker. You'll hear that as, you, as she talks a little bit here, and I'd and I be quiet and listen. Um, she's a certified professional coach and energy master. She's helped millions of people and their organizations shape their dreams, master their success, and triumph. I know her best as a success doc. <laughs> um, uh, my favorite, I love that. Um, she's the executive producer and host of the popular, and this really is popular, Power Your Life TV and radio shows, and now Power Your Life Network I saw, which is so cool. And um, so you're just you're doing all these amazing things. And I love this book, um, which is an international bestseller based on a true story about, I'm going to just read this, one pioneer program to educate children with special needs and autism at a time when people often viewed these wonderful children as, you know, people that they couldn't educate. Um, and the proceeds, some of the proceeds, I've got to fix it, some of the proceeds, not all of the proceeds, support the Autism Care Foundation um, in the creation of their center of excellence. So um, Dr. Joanne's websites are drjoannewhite.com and poweredbysuccess.biz. And then also she is on Twitter at jwpoweryourlife. So, um, you want to you want to tell us more about your book and just give, give us the whole name of the book too. Uh, well, so okay. First, I have to say that drjoannewhite.com. They're having some issues with it. I've been on the phone for the last few days, which is making me crazy. And so people won't be able to access it as as easily right now. So don't 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 do it right now. Don't get frustrated. Don't give up. Okay. So that I, I had to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, and but no, a little bit about fine. I get that there's problems sometimes. Right. Black Talk Radios even have a problem today, so it's all good. This has been going on for like two and a half days. To me, this is crazy to do that with a premium membership. But you know what? So be it. We have to go with the flow, and I'm learning and teaching how to do that big time. I always get those lessons when I'm in I'm impatient or or in a rush. It's like <laughs> <Don't> we all <laughs> to be in time with the universe's time. So. Just hang tight and go with the flow. Okay, more heaven, because every child is special. You know, Elizabeth, it's so interesting because years ago and many years ago, it kind of dates me and ages me a little bit, but that's okay. Um, I was offered an opportunity by the Philadelphia public school system, and it was it was after, <clears throat> excuse me, there was a federal mandate that said that you know we're giving states money for education and and many of the states are turning away children with autism and special needs and saying hey we we can't educate them we don't have the tools so the mandate was hey we're giving you money you need to be able to create programs and help educate these kids now beforehand there were special education classes because i was a special education teacher but certainly nothing was known about autism nothing and and so many of these kids unfortunately were kind of isolated kept home unless their parents had the resources financial and otherwise to send them to other places because basically the public schools were off the hook hey we can't do it it's too these kids are too severely blah 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 and i'm not saying that every child with autism and special needs functions best in a public school system but these kids did 
and they were left behind because at that point, even doctors said to parents when when there was a diagnosis, you know, your kid is best served in in an institution, and and often and it's interesting because it goes back even further. Many many people thought way back when that the causes of autism were that it was a very cold parent, cold mother. So if the mother was distant or cold, they decided, you know, that, that that's what they said, that that's the reason mm-hmm. that these kids are like they are, which is really malarkey. Oh, and could you imagine thing. being a parent and hearing that and thinking, that's yeah. not me, I love my child, and, and having that kind of label put on you, you're a cold, distant mother, and that's why your kid is autistic. Yeah, that actually is offensive. I said almost offensive. It is offensive for for that. No, it is offensive, and yet that was one of the that was one of the decisions. I don't know how they came up with that, but that was true. So, what happened is that I was the first teacher in the Philadelphia school system to pilot this program, this classroom for children with autism and special needs that were either kicked out of school previously or just were not allowed in in public school because of what I said. And what's so interesting is that, you know, if, if they were taking a poll from all the educators, the teachers, the parents, everybody, even the kids, nobody wanted this program. They were afraid. It was new. They didn't know anything about these children. They, you know, it was like we were pariahs, including myself, because I was the teacher. And it took a, a long time to change minds and change attitudes. And what I really love is that I fell in love with these kids. And, you know, one kid was labeled, um, was actually sent to the school for a debt to the death. She was not deaf. It's just that that there was some challenge in communication. So they thought, well, she doesn't hear us, so she's deaf. And yeah. these kids just were incredible. They, you know, I, there was, and I can't use real names. So in in the book, and the book is based on on the kids in 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 the classroom, although names were changed and because they had to be, and that and that's important to pr- respect people's privacy. So that's the beginning of it. I didn't know what was going to happen, and and yet so much happened. And I think we we broke barriers, and and we began to change attitudes and perceptions. And these kids who were presumably uneducable were learning fast and quickly and and it was just you know I I learned so much from these kids and I have a lot of respect for the parents who many parents and, and people don't know this today too many parents at that time had to fight and they they're still having to fight but had to fight to to get these kids into school i remember actually going to hearings in pennsylvania as a teacher also endorsing that these kids need to be served in school so it was a totally different time both educationally and also even in terms of the social climate outside these kids were kept hidden they People did not understand who these kids were, and and you're a, uh, a parent of some wonderful kids, right? I mean, could you imagine having to hide your child and having to not be allowed access to 
parks and and playgrounds and whatever because of the ostracism and because of the attitudes of everybody else. How well, demoralizing! I, I can relate on so many levels in in different, not exactly the same, but I have a brother w- with special needs, and so I've and and my father's a stroke survivor and and is special, you know, has special needs in the public now. You know, he can't drive. He, you know. People treat people differently. Um, I see it all the time, and I saw it growing up. I, my my, uh, we don't even call him adopted. Uh, my brother Justin, um, we we adopted him at birth, and he has fetal alcohol syndrome. Uh, the mother, you know, spent her pregnancy I, I, on you know drugs and alcohol and things like that, and we adopted him at birth. And then my mother got pregnant, so my mom had two babies pretty much at the same time. There was such a difference in the way they treated the children. Um, at school based on his special needs versus her. And just very interesting. And my mother has put up a fight her whole life and his whole life. Um, Right, and that's what parents had to do. And many of these parents change careers. So many parents now who are advocates, who are teachers, who are running pro- because there was nobody to defend their children, so they had to step up to the plate. And I honor all of those parents because that is that that still is and was an arduous task, and they were the cheerleaders. They were the ones that changed history. Yeah, a- absolutely. The book. Have you ever heard of the movie Freedom Writers? Have you ever heard of that book uh, or, or movie? Freedom I've heard of Writers. it. I don't think I've ever seen it. No. I hope you watch that because you will love it. You will, you will champion the teacher and the kids in the class and everything as well. And this this reminds me so much of that. Like what you've got here could be made into a movie. <laughs> That's what I hope happens. I think it'd be well, so guess cool. Well, guess what? We are working. I've been working with a screenwriter, and the screenplay Good. is done. So keep your fingers crossed because. And I'll tell you the story about how it began. I mean, what you this book was guided because I had no intention of writing this book. And right. I would wake up every morning, and the first little girl, I can't give you her name, the first little girl who was autistic, and um, I'd wake up in the morning, and there would be a phrase in my head, like a sentence about this little girl. And I thought, okay. So and I was keeping notes anyway because it was a new program and I had to make sure that we were proving that we could educate these kids, okay? But that phrase did not go away. There was a new phrase, a new sentence every day and finally I said to God in the universe, "Okay, I get it. I hear you." <laughs> and I started writing and as I was writing I saw it as a movie I mean I saw it in even I you know some of it I saw in animation and they didn't even have animation for adults at the time so it was just so so guided and of course it had to wait and also go through many transformations including me growing up a bit (laughs) for for the time to be right for this book to be published. So I waited many, many years. And that, that's that's something to be said to people who think, oh, my God, it's been a year and nothing's happened or, or it's four months or whatever. Try waiting 30-plus years for a vision and for something that you know is important for everybody to kind of get to a place where where it would be acceptable to, to be heard and be seen. 
what makes the timing right now versus you know compared to back then? Well, back then when I sent it to traditional publishers, um, they didn't want to publish a book whose main characters were kids with special needs. So that was kind. I'm sure it needed editing because it's gone through many edits or whatever. But that was that was the message that I got. And at that point, like I said, I mean, people were not ready. So to uh, to not see these kids as like you and I with all the sorts of gifts and, and, and talents and, and information and knowledge to share like so many kids and adults with autism and special needs have and are um, – it just wasn't ready to, you know, people just wouldn't have been receptive to it. And certainly publishers weren't receptive to it. I was going for my master's degree at the time in special education. And I showed it to two of my professors who said, wow, you know, we could use this as a text if it were published. And they sent me to an educational publisher who, who said, I closed my door. I laughed and I cried but we don't publish fiction. And maybe, he said, if you write a prologue and an epilogue, we may be able to do something. Now, again, I was young, and I said, no. Now, you know today it has a prologue and an epilogue. (laughs) Yeah. Not because of him. It just seemed to to need it, right? And um, so I don't think it was ready. I don't, you know, I don't think the time was right. And I don't, and I think now it's important because people are making changes. People are seeing the talents and, and seeing how these kids can learn and, and really being more respectful of learning differences and neural differences and ready to, to embrace this and to embrace these children in a way that, you know, many, many years ago they wouldn't have been able to do. Now, do you want people um, with children who have autism only to read this book, or could you take the writing and concepts that are within and apply it to any um, disability um, or challenge that a child might have? Do, do the That's a great question. You know, I, I don't think it's just for parents and for families with children with autism and special needs. The, one of the reasons that I wrote it was to show the world, to show people that, that don't know anything about autism or special needs, how wonderful and beautiful these children are and that they are like you and I. They laugh, they cry, they have fears, they have pride, they have, they have specialties, they have get, you know, so, so the premise was we're all you know we're all alike in so many ways and rather than shun people because of their differences and we're you know it's it's more about embracing these people because of their different you know in spite of their differences and also because of their differences so um i think it's for everyone and i think everyone can get it can understand and fall in love with with the characters who are really were really real kids in so many ways and and recognize that there's a little bit of the characters there's a little bit of them in each of us in some way and it's 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 about love and acceptance and what can happen 
to children or to anyone when people don't give up on them and when people see past the labels, whatever those labels are, and recognize that here's a person with with special gifts in spite of a label or in spite of something that's called a disability, and they have so much to offer. And I think that, to me, was the message then, and I believe that's the message now. So, no, not just for a specialized population of readership. Is this one of the things that you're most proud of in your career? Was this experience a highlight in your career? Of, of, on, on you know, this ex- it actually, this, yeah, it was. And I'm kind of going full circle, which <laughs> about two about two months ago I said, who am I now? I mean, <laughs> kind of like, okay, I used to teach children with special education. I, I actually was a an instructor at Temple University in the education and special education department. I was an executive um, director for the Children and Youth Services Program with, uh, at Bancroft with Special Needs and then became their director of research, evaluation, and training. And that was in my early years, okay? And then I shifted into doing coaching and and alternative medicine because I had an injury and I had to figure out how to heal myself. And once that worked, it was like, well, yeah. So I want to ask something about – I want to stop you for one second just ask you about something. You know all those things that you just said that you did? Was that in a time also when it was, um, you know, all those degrees and everything that you have about you – it seems like women are doing more and more and more these days. Was that unusual? And I don't mean back then or old or anything. I don't mean it like that. I'm not trying to word this right. But it just seems like you had a you were a working mom. Right. <laughs> you know, and that's not common. Now no, I know. Days, when I was actually the time. executive director, the, the executive yeah. director of this uh, children and youth services. Uh, at Bancroft, I was the only female, and in order to fit in, I had to dress (laughs) very differently, (laughs) or just very right, and be very formal, and because that was, I wouldn't have been accepted (laughs) in any other way. But things have become more relaxed. So um, I was going to go to school in in and study English literature and writing, and. I had an experience actually before this when I was a a counselor in a camp program and they asked if I wanted to to be in the the so-called special services unit that that they really had a visionary um, director who brought in children with special needs, not at this level of severity. And so I said, sure, but I didn't know what I was doing and I fell in love with those kids and changed my career because I thought, wow, I mean, these kids, and and maybe I felt different too in some ways. I've never always, I'm, I've never felt like so. Whatever normal is, I've never felt that. And <laughs> so, I I didn't identify with the kids, but I thought, wow, I, to get to, to reach these children is is so wonderful, and to recognize their essence and their beauty, and to be able to in some ways promote that, you know, I think that's, that's sort of one of the reasons that I'm here. Yeah. I just, I admire, um, I, I, I do anyway. I admire people who have their own adversity going on in the background and they fight through it as a champion for other people on top of it. 
So, you know, it, I just don't think it would be very easy to be a working mom at that at any of these times, you know, up until, I don't know, recently. I, I still don't think it's 100% acceptable to be working mom and all this stuff. I think, you you know, we, we all get a variety of, um, you know, attacks, whether you're working or staying at home and all that stuff. So that on top of going, you know, putting, you know, you know, fighting for these kids the way that you did to, to, you know, make them have a better life and education and everything. I just think it's so amazing. Well, thank you. I was not a working mom. I was not a mom at the time. Oh, okay. But, but, it's, so, but, but I mean, I mean uh, all the things you rattled off of all the jobs that you had, those are really high-level positions. Um, right. And, yes, they working. were. And <laughs> yeah. And they were important. I mean, you know, I mean, they were they were important because we did like even at the, at the um, at Bancroft, we created community programs. We got a vocational program approved by the State Department of New Jersey. We opened, you know, I mean, I was a proponent then of of having these children in the community and and being able to, again to create acceptance for these kids. And that was actually. Um, after this experience of of teaching, so sorry, and I don't of, have this agenda on this call of working mom versus not working mom. It just popped into my head as you were talking, and I thought, oh my god, she did all of those amazing things, and you know, it's it's just been hard for me some days. <laughs> just get, get up and function <laughs> and pray to However, <laughs> you are pretty amazing with the kids that you have and doing so much and and raising beautiful children. And that are in college and moving forward, and so kudos to you, and kudos to to all parents. I don't think anybody should tell a mother or a father it's your job to to stay at home or it's your job not to stay at home or whatever. One, and this is an inter- when when I was the executive director of the Children and Youth Services Program, I hired a principal who had taken a year off. Because his wife, wife, they had just had a baby. His wife had a high-level position. He, even though he was a principal prior to that, he decided that I guess they decided obviously together that he would be the one to stay at home. And one of the reasons I hired him, in top of uh, you know, in, including all the skills and and expertise that he had as running a, an, a, an educational program for other schools was that he was able to do that. I felt I thought that was incredibly admirable and was a new way, you know, if he could see that and see the importance of his wife at working and, and, and had that decision, the two of them like, well, well, dear, you know, maybe now it's your turn to stay home this year. And, you know, I thought that was pretty amazing. And he did yeah, a great job. Over almost 20 years' time, my husband and I have done that, too. We just, you know, somebody is like, okay, I need a break from working for a while, and I'm going to, you know, play baby and hang out with the kids and, you know, and all that fun stuff. And just we've had – we have done that, too. We've just uh, done so many different things. And so I'm not a strong advocate of one thing or another. I think you've got to go with the flow and whatever's, you know, going on in your world at the time. <laughs> I really do. You just got right, to but of, I, and I think it's, it's special that people can do that and not stay in a traditional role because, okay, mothers are supposed to, you know, I think that those are the people that, that help to create change, and it's important. Yeah, and, you know, let me ask you this, too. Um, 
how I think it would be extremely nerve wracking. I'm thinking about being one of these moms of of one of these kids and dropping them off at school, and then you have to separate and pray they're okay. You know, for for someone who who has four kids and knock on everything in sight, you know, we don't have autism and and, and things to deal with like this. Um, I can't imagine being in a mom's shoe, mom or dad's shoes like that, and and hoping they're okay. And I think that's so cool that you made sure they were. Well, thanks. And you know, like I said, these parents are are incredibly special because. They you know, they knew sometimes, and, and again, we're, I'm going to talk a little bit historically. Historically, the schools did not really honor that that a parent knew their kid as much as you know. It's like we we are the authorities. That I'm talking about the educational system. So for these kids, really, when you have these children at home, it's the parents that are the authorities of these children because they're at at, at home. They're really who they are. In school, they may. Have to be something else to conform a little bit or to be quiet or whatever, but parents primarily or for the most part know their kids. So um, I'm sure it was very difficult for parents, and it's still very difficult. Elizabeth, parents are still fighting. I mean, I've I've spoken to parents, and my bully free it's an ebook, but I interviewed families of kids with special needs and autism and young adults and I interviewed the the young adults and even the kids and parents and whatever who uh, you know were bullied and parents really had to be the ones to to support their children in so many ways and be the experts in so many ways too so hopefully education educators and administrators are hearing the message you know i just actually had a a client the other day who's actually a teacher and she was talking about and i can't use names she was talking about these standardized tests that they're giving and she worked works a lot with children with special needs and it's the requirement for these kids she said one kid in her class took the test because they actually, um, on the IEP, which for people who don't know it, it's an individual education plan that has to accompany every child who's been classified. Well, the child was misclassified by the child study team that gets together and makes those kinds of decisions. And this kid was pushed, was passed on special needs, even though he could not read or write and had to take this test on the computer because they missed misrepresented him and right when he couldn't even read and you know she said that was a travesty and you know she said and and it's it's just not fair and I'm trying to to fight that so a lot of that is still going on I've spoken to parents who have had to hire advocates to help them negotiate the the public school system or the school system to be able to get the kinds of education or services that that their child needed yeah my mom my mom did all of that with my brother so i know exactly what you're talking about and it's it's not easy and it just it sort of almost depends on where you are and who's willing to do what sometimes too um you you almost have to find the flexibility if you can Um, but not only that it makes a parent feel powerless i mean if you go into a situation 
where you have all these professionals and you're the parent and and maybe you maybe English is your second language or whatever or maybe you're not as educated at all the, as all these people you know whatever it is and your views about your child are not being heard imagine how demeaning and demoralizing it is and yet parents like your mother and you know your father had to continuously fight to be heard and that's sort of what was going on in this pro you know with these kids i we had to fight to be heard we had to make sure that that even the 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 teachers in the school i mean my kids weren't allowed to go to the library my kids weren't allowed to have any kind of you know gym or whatever we were isolated (laughs) and they were i think they were afraid they didn't know what was going to happen and, and people were just not receptive and open to to understanding so it's taken a lot of years, and there's still much more that we have to do, not only in this country, but I'm talking about all over the world, to to really be able to embrace differences and accept differences and, and recognize that so many people in historically and today have, whether it's autism or special needs, and if they were not allowed to do their thing, we wouldn't have, let's see, the Wright brothers for the airplane, um, Alexander Bell. I mean, there, I could go on. The list is huge, oh actors and actresses, so many people who've had some kind of so-called disability or whatever or even were kicked out of school and went off to do their own thing. The telephone, I mean, it's it's astounding at that that we have looked at people and secluded them in, and in so many ways well, you don't and not conform exactly to the test in the book and the class and the place. Right. You know, I don't conform either. I mean, I came Hopefully in either. Sorry to admit it. <laughs> I came know. in I'm very, I'm very left-handed and I'm writing something about this for a chapter because I thought it was important and as I was getting more into this book and doing some of the research, I was started to think, "Oh my god." I came in doing mirror writing. So when I was old enough to write, you had to be able to hold my paper up to a mirror because the writing was backwards. And just about a year ago, I started to research, well, what does that mean? So some people say, well, there's something wrong with my brain. And other people say, well, there's something very brilliant about my brain. I'll take the brilliant one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. That's the, that's the way I answer. I'm like, I'll, I'll take the brilliant. My, you're brilliant over. Mm, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Sorry, there's a cough. I have allergies today, so I'm, I'm going to work through this here. I'm about to cough. Hang on. Um, well, you're doing a I, great job. So. You have a, do you have a few more minutes to stick with us, or do you need to go? No, I'm here for however long because I love the conversation, and, and this is a topic that's so dear to my heart, and, and I get very excited about it. So we're, okay, good. I'm good. Okay. So underline, I noticed I notice something about you, and you can articulate it better. Um, I don't think that you like it when people are picked on in any way, shape, or form. Um, I, you know, if you look at just the titles of your two books, Bully Free and More Heaven Because Every Child is Special, whether it's bullying or people treating people differently because they have X, Y, or Z, I'm sensing something about you where you just don't stand for that. That's correct. And why? 
Why? Well, I mean, just what's it seems. Well, like a, actually, I think I've been very that. blessed that when when I was growing up, my parents actually, you know, again, growing up in a time when um, even segregation and all of that, when, when people just weren't accepting differences, whether it's the col- differences, the color of your skin or your religion or, or let alone having a disability. And the values that I grew up with, thank God for my parents, were that, you know, we everybody is important. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. It doesn't matter what your religion is. It's about accepting and people for who they are and embracing that. And so I learned that at a very early age and feel that that's been something that's been with me very, very strongly because I am a champion of people who may be mistreated or whatever. I don't I don't tolerate that. I think that's horrible. I was in a um a diner and I do the same for animals <laughs> because yeah, I I'm think that way. we are supposed to be treating animals. I mean, who are we to think that we're better than anybody? I, I, you know, that arrogance because we because we're human is just you know, I saw something. Sorry, I'm going to ramble a little bit, but I saw well, I something on uh, on Facebook oh, or Twitter. What's that? Keep rambling. It's good. And I've got some questions. Oh, okay. Whereby, and I don't exactly know what country, but this elephant that was in a zoo, okay, the elephant was very sick, and they didn't have a, a vet on um, on site. And the elephant was dying. And, and the, as the elephant was dying, I'm going to cry with this, the tears are streaming down the elephant's face. Now, could you imagine? So I actually had to go and cry and talk to my cat because I thought, here we are. Like, why are we not treating? It doesn't mean that animals don't die, like, but it means that why didn't we give this animal the care that it needed so that it, maybe it wouldn't have died, but also maybe it wouldn't have had to go in such a painful kind of a way. So, sorry, I'm rambling, but I think it's no, all. No, no, no. You know, um, uh, well, I I actually are you? I'm going to ask a question because I want some therapy around it. <laughs> give give uh-huh. me and everyone listening some free therapy, can you? Um, why why do you think it is that? And okay, so it's a political therapy too. Can you do that? Can I go? Can you do? Political we can. I, I may in t- politics may be a little touchy with people, so we'll be careful. Go ahead. Yeah, that's what I want. Um, <laughs> What I don't understand, and this isn't a divisive uh, question at all. This is the, okay. why why do politics like if you if you accept everyone's differences, you're one thing, and if you don't, you're another. Why I don't get it, and in my heart of hearts, and on on the planet, I don't understand why there's politics behind differences. Do you do you? Why does that make you one party or another or this or that? Why can't – do you know why? It just bugs me to no end. And I hate being labeled as a certain political party because I – so, like, I feel like socially accepting and sort of monetarily um, more cons- – you know, like more uh, more conservative. I don't I – don't, do you know what I mean? Why? Why do you get labeled like that? I don't. I don't know why time. there's that. Why? Right. And I don't understand that either. Why? Right. If if you have those kind of views, you're you're named, you know, 
a member of one party or another. I you know I don't know what the reasoning is behind that. I really don't. So that in in that case, I can't help you. But I but the way what's important to me is that people. You you know you need to stand for your values and to me even labeling you Republican or Democratic or Independent or whatever that's another label as far as that's what you're talking about more labels okay yeah so I don't know I think what distinguishes people including the way that they need to vote or whatever is is what their values are and what they stand for and it can change based on. A candidate or based on an issue or based on where you are in your life or in the world. And so um, it's like I don't do, you know, I I don't do well with labels. Somebody came into me and into my office and said, well, I think my friend is is a paranoid schizophrenic. I said, you know, let's not (laughs) let's not use labels because I think what labels Right, but also I think labels, just like we're seeing with these kids and and what happened with these children, and you know, from more heaven because every child is special. Labels actually are limitations. They limit the ability for us to see people in their totality, and they limit our ability to be in in you know in more of an embracing and total sense of of who we are and who they are. So that doesn't work for me. Okay, so I just wrote that down. Labels prohibit us to see people in their totality. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm Sounds... quoting you on. Can I quote you on that? Who said I love that? that? That's kind of what I meant. I'm just, I just don't get it, and I, and I don't think it's getting worse as I get older. I, I've been this way since I was born. I mean, I, I just remember being even in preschool and kindergarten, feeling this way. If someone who was different than me or got picked on, I was standing in front of the person, going, "Don't you dare touch them." You know, I you know and, and that is because of of your family and also because of who you are. I remember just about three weeks ago, I was taking a walk in a park nearby, and there were these kids that were standing, and they, and, you know, they were like 13, 14 or whatever, maybe 15, and they were fishing, and one kid said, hey, there's a turtle, let's put the turtle, let's catch the turtle, and I turned around and I said, Excuse me, but if you put that turtle on a hook, you're going to kill the turtle. Why would you do that? Why do you want to hurt a turtle that's doing, you know, and they looked at me like I had 10 ears and whatever, but I felt that I had to stand up for the turtle. I don't know what they did when I left because I couldn't take away their <laughs> fishing pole yeah. or, you know, I wasn't a so but i but i felt that i had to address it and somebody had to stand up for the turtle and i did the same thing in a park uh about a year ago when these kids were throwing stones at the these ducks and i said why are you hurting these ducks they're not doing anything to you, you why are you throwing stones at them and they looked at me like i was crazy and i walked away and they watched me walk away and they started to throw stones when i was further away i came back cuz i saw parents sitting at a table, and I said, are those your children? They said, yes. I said, they're throwing stones at those ducks. 
do, do you really want them to hurt? So they stop the kids. But I think there has to be people like you and like me who stand up for whether, and, you know, some people will say, oh, well, humans are more important than animals, whatever, but who have to stand up for people that may not be able to, or, or animals or whomever, that may not be able to stand up for themselves. Somebody oh, has to do it, and somebody that feels in some way that, that it's unjust, like we do. Yeah. Yep. I'm on a soap you. opera, I huh? So <laughs> <laughs> I have way too many cats. I saw another one the other day, and I'm like, I need to leave now. I'm going to have a fourth cat. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I love cats. I'm, like, I do, cats too. Crazy. I always have been. Oh, yeah. I rescue cats. My cat is very – my cat, actually, I got my cat from one of my former clients who had – she was an equestrian. She had two horses and two other uh, pedigree cats, and – she was going to, I guess, get rid of this one. And I said, no, no. She said, do you want it? And first I said, no, because I had lost my cat a while before. And then I called her up a week later. I said, I can't get your cat out of my head. So that's the end of the story. She brought the cat over, and my little girl is still with me. (laughs) Yeah, we we went down to uh, Kittery Animal Hospital in Kittery, Maine, and we were looking for a cat, you know, because we love to rescue cats. And and this lady goes, well, here's this cat over here. And it's this, I'll send you a picture. This is just absolutely gorgeous, like multicolored, mm. beautiful cat with deep green eyes. And it's a gorgeous cat. And, and I could see that, but right there the cat was matted and gross and right, feral right. cat. But when I went to pet the cat, the cat I, maybe only I ever heard it, but the cat purrs. And she's like, oh, that cat hisses or whatever. You don't want that cat, especially with kids and all this stuff. And I'm like, au contraire, I do. And she looked at me like I was crazy and like it was going to, you know, eat my children while they were sleeping or something, <laughs> that kind of thing. Like, don't dare do it. This cat, I'll send you a picture. This cat is so beautiful. And she is the biggest love ever. And she but just needs that's love. the point. I mean, yep. here, here are people or animals that – could be misconstrued or misdiagnosed or misrepresented. And once you get, it's like once you, with these kids, once I was able to enter their worlds and once I was able to reach them, their beauty, their their intelligence that you, exploded and, and you're able to see who they are. And I remember when I was that working in that camp program as a counselor, with these special needs kids at the you know for the first time there was one little girl who used to bite her arm she had scars all over like wounds all over her arms and she used to bite the inside of her mouth and she was an enuretic which meant that she used to you know urinate in her pants nobody wanted to go near her elizabeth nobody you know and i took this little girl under my wing and what had i knew nothing about it i just poured out love to her. I would massage her gums so that she would stop clicking and biting. I would put her, help her with her bathing suit, put my bathing suit on and take her into the shower and, and sing songs with her. She blossomed. 
And everybody suddenly wanted to love her, just like that cat that suddenly, you know, you don't want that cat. He hisses at everybody. Well, you have to get past all that to really see the beauty and to really see the soul or the intelligence or whatever. And, and, that, and that's what we have to do. So when we look at people or animals or anything, just very cursory, like, okay, it's not enough. We have to know more and we have to take the time to really be able to understand people and understand who they are and not just dismiss them as we do. Do you think it's because, and, and we'll go here pretty soon, but do you think it's because everybody's in a rush? So, like, one thing my dad will say, um, people like my mom and dad have a, a, a ritual. My dad's basically um, blind in the corners of his eyes um, from having uh-huh. a stroke, but he still, you know, he can. my dad's my dad. I mean, he's amazing. And, he, you know, he can walk through Target and go to the movie section and get his movies like he loves and all that stuff. So he's, he's not incapacitated by any stretch, but he's disabled. And so when he, one of the things you do when you have vision cuts like that is you bump into things and people often. <laughs> it's, it's just part of it. So you can walk through Target right. and think you're going one place, but, you know, you'll bump into somebody or whatever. So my dad, if, if my dad were on the phone right now, which I just talked to him earlier, he'd tell you, I'm sorry, I just didn't see you there. And he's been called so many names. He's been, abu- you know, they, people abuse use them in public because they'll bump into them. They'll go, get out of my way, old man, and, you know, just horrible things. And they don't have any clue what he's been through. They don't care, and they don't slow down enough to go, oh, my God, I can't believe you're even breathing after what's happened to you. You're a 13-year stroke survivor. Holy cow. And people don't slow down enough to see the beauty in people. They see the bump. And Right. That's, you know, I, I think it's it's my blood boil. I think it's it's impatience and I also see a lot of anger. People are not just impatient, people are angry. Maybe they're disappointed, maybe they're discouraged, you know, whatever it is, but they take that anger out into the street, out into their cars, out into the stores. I mean, I've had somebody who cut in front of me in a store. She just cut in front of me. I said, excuse me? And she just totally ignored me. And the person behind me and I looked at one another like, what, why would she do that? What, what, to get ahead? What was the point? point so, yeah, yeah I, I don't get it. And I, and I think that we're doing, we do other people a disservice. And we're also doing ourselves a disservice because we're not really by being so impatient and by writing people off in that way, you're this, you're that, you know, what's wrong with you, old man, whatever. I mean, we are not allowing for the beauty of they, who they are and for our beauty, our soul connection to shine through, which I think is very important. Do you, and, and do you think in the history, you know, and I'm, I'm 47, and so I certainly don't have, you know, I don't think you do either, but... Um, do you think in the, do you think in the, it's getting worse? Do you think like I think I I often think like God I was born in the wrong time frame. <laughs> I I just I it just seems to me like it's just getting more and more rude, and like there's the civility and the social grace and the manners and the way in which we care about people and everything is isn't is it better or worse? I can't 
Well, I don't know that it's, it. It, you know, it depends. Wasn't the little kind of niceties and, and the things like I always learned that, that when you open that, if you're in a store or whatever, you let people out before you rush in or the, the certain kind of social manners, whatever, or, or the right of way in terms of a car. I don't know if people are taught that. And, I'm, yeah. and I said to a friend the other day, do you know where you learned that? You know, that, that you're supposed to let people out? He said, no. I said, well, I don't know either, but in, it's in my mind that, that these are part of the social graces that, that are about, you know, recognizing people in some way and being kind and being considerate, and I don't know that those exist anymore. And I don't know if they were learned, if we, you know, if our parents taught us those ways or, or if the world was just a different place or whatever. But I don't think we're born born in the wrong time. I think it's it's a perfect time for people like you and me to be able to stand up for whether it's children or cats or your father or whatever, for people who in, who are different. And so I think it's an important time f- to be alive, to be able to defend that and to in some way advocate for for change me, and for acceptance of, of differences. Yeah, and it seems to me like what I'm noticing, a, a stronghold on there, that people are intolerant to people being intolerant of people anymore. Um, I think people are getting mad that people are intolerant. Um, or impatient or whatever. So I'm hope I keep I keep wishing that we're on this like pivot of things are it's no longer acceptable to um, treat people in in various ways. And so I don't I don't know if we're there or not. I see pockets of it and glimpses of it, and and then you see huge huge things of it like the um I think it's called the Invictus Games, where you know all the right. veterans. For the, you know, so you see huge events like that. So I think I think people are increasingly and hopefully becoming intolerant of people being um, rude to people. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I just wondered what you what you thought. Um, but I certainly love your book. I know I know we've got to go here, but um, what a beautiful book. And um, where can people get your book? And and it's called More. So for everybody listening, um, it's called More Heaven because every child is special. And then you have another book, Bully Free, and I know you have a lot of other stuff too, but um, go with more heaven because every child is special. Can you get it anywhere? They, can you walk in? Right. They can get it on Amazon. Uh, and um, like I said, right now my website, drjoannwhite.com, is is <laughs> is on a pause until they fix whatever they're fixing, and hopefully they'll get it done soon. But but there are lots of other books on there as well. And Amazon is really one of the places. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Outskirts Press are a few places to get it. And we're going to get it in bookstores soon, but it's not there yet. Good. All right. Well, I've enjoyed our conversation. Is there is there anything that I missed that I didn't ask you that you want to be sure to tell somebody about? Um, well, I th- if people want to get a hold of me, they can – Go to that website, drjoannwhite.com, if they wait a few days. And they can also email me, joanne, at d-r-j-o-a-n-n-e-w-h-i-t-e.com. I also am helping entrepreneurs and small business owners with my new website, Powered, P-O-W-E-R-E-D, by success.biz, and that newly launched network that we're still developing. So that's Wonderful. how you like What's the now. website for that one? For which one? Um, the network. Is that powered by success.biz? 
No, PowerYourLifeNetwork.com. Perfect. Okay, so PowerYourLifeNetwork.com. Um, right, and, under and development. That I assume, yeah, I, and I assume you're looking for, like, high-level, you know, coaching and things like that on that. So, yeah. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, well, thank you for being here. I so appreciate um, you telling us about your new book and, and the stories of these kids about autism and our side conversations about cats and our slight conversation about <laughs> how we hate politics. <laughs> well, thank stuff. you. Thank I you for you. having me, and thank you for having my book as the first book in the Best Ever You books because I'm glad to, to be that, that first person, yeah. and, and you are wonderful, and I totally applaud all that you do. And like I said earlier, we're kindred spirits, and I think it's people like you that help to change the world, and you have a sensitivity to that because of of what you've, you know, of your family background, current and and past. And I think it's important that people like you and me herald change and help move us forward into more light, more love, and not only tolerance but acceptance. So thank you so much. Beautifully. Amen. And thank you for all your compliments. Everything back at you at tenfold. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I want to say this too before we go. Thank you, Deb Scott, for introducing us. I always thank Deb Scott because so many people in my world came through her and um, through our motivation marathon and all that. And, I, and we just stick together. And I and I just thank her always for for some of the things that she's done. It's wonderful. Well, I'm going to thank her too because she's an angel in my life. And many blessings to your new Power Your, uh, sorry, Best Ever You books and all of that <laughs> stuff. Any way I can promote you and do what, you know promote what you do, I'm here. Yep, same here, and um, just lots of love. And thank you to our audience for listening to us, um, and um, to all the kitty cats out there, we love you too. <laughs> right? <laughs> thank you, Elizabeth. Now. All right, take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> all right, thank bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Best Ever You Network. For more information, just visit us at besteveryou.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.